warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! about dicks in the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen gord oh my lord bowing down to bone bat podcasting your asses and nerdy massive classes speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses take your glasses off the set i'm dropping bombs on your dome in your home pull your bootstraps up it's time to burn chrome dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes chewing on them curvy loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show b-movie holy men wombat metalhead politics amen independent artist friend renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit quick wit crickets of the populace poking with some romulus rolling prime like optimus San Francisco, California, Lester T. Raw, and the Graveside Quartet.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 130 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gore. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going so well. We're we're done. <laughs> we're spent. We're through. All I the build up and freaking exhausted. The release of the show itself. The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest for 2015 is in the books. It's in the books. It's, it's all in done. The can. It's in the can. It's yeah. done. And we got to see each other, a rare occurrence, for a few minutes. Yeah, I got to go actually see you in the flesh. Hung out, had a pizza, threw a film festival, played some Mortal Kombat, and then I went into a coma. Pretty much, that's what I did, too. (laughs) A little plane trip in the middle there. Hey, man, last year I went up there and uh, I got a Ford Focus as a rental car. I think I mentioned on the show that I thought it was just kind of a badass little car. I really liked it. Okay. This year, in keeping what I guess is becoming a tradition, my rental car was another small American car. It was a Chevy Malibu. What a hunk of crap that thing is. It's like the people at Chevy constructed a car entirely out of blind spots and discomfort. It's just an (laughs) awful car. And under no circumstances should anyone ever buy one, ever, no matter what. Okay. Duly noted. Yeah. So... Probably not getting a big, fat promotional check from Chevy next episode, huh? <laughs> Probably not. It was weird. I'm in Seattle, and it's one of those pick-your-own-car uh, rental deals where you go in the parking lot, and you know there's two whole rows of cars you can pick. There's nothing except gigantic uh, Dodge, Ram, maximum, tundra-crushing pickup trucks. And then like this one little Chevy Malibu. Holy what the shit. fuck? Now, Seattle, is this like a thing in Seattle now? People driving pickup trucks all over the place? I had no idea. I thought better of you people. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never, ever rented a truck ever. So I, I didn't even know that was really a possibility unless you were going to like move dirt or go to the dump or something. Yeah, it's weird to go into essentially a commuter parking lot and just have a bunch of... Maybe that's why that was all that was left. Everyone walked in the parking lot and went... Why would I get a truck? I'm surprised you rented a car at all and didn't use, like, Uber or something. You're such a hipster. Uh, I like my own independence. <laughs> I like the ability to get myself lost and get stranded on a bridge and, you know, do that myself without somebody driving me around. I think you would rent a car from something called Boober, though. It only, like, goes to strip joints. <laughs> do they have that? <laughs> I don't know. Did I get that? <laughs> I figured you would invent it if you didn't. Jeez, I think I'm going to. Does that mean that you're going to uh, invent one called Dicker? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because we haggle over the price? Yeah, that's why. That's what I was getting at. (laughs) And cut. (laughs) (laughs) Like the end of a penis. Oh! (laughs) That's a foreskin joke. Oh, boy. Oh, we make dick jokes here. We make jokes about everything except premature ejaculation, but I hear that one's coming soon. (laughs) Sorry. That sounds like one you had on deck. Wasn't that like an old... You didn't uh, just write that. No, no, no. That's like an old Mel Brooks thing. Oh, okay. That that was the history of the world where they're like, you Romans have a god for everything except premature ejaculation, but I hear that one's coming soon. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, that's I believe hard you, though. Back to watching something with Joe Giardino in like seventh grade. I don't know what the <laughs> hell. Are we doing a show yet? I guess we are. Okay. So yes, the uh, 
Film Festival is complete. This is our recap episode, so in a little bit we will talk about uh, our favorite moments in the fest, as well as interviewing our directors of the Viewer's Choice Awards for Best Shorts. That's always pretty damn cool. And then on top of that, we've got a little live music from Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet from the Film Festival, along with a few musical surprises. So I hope you dig all of that. Uh, but before we get to the final festival recap of the year, where we can stop talking about it for a little while. Then we start talking about the next one. Gord. Steve. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? What's that, Gord? My friend's car was stolen. As if having her car stolen wasn't bad enough. It's one of those cars that's old and great and probably has a book value of about $1.96, but it's totally irreplaceable. It was a Dell Soul, a Honda Civic Dell Soul. They didn't make a lot of these. I think they only made it for like a year or two. Just great, great freaking car. Everything they built on that little Honda Civic platform in the 90s was just freaking awesome. I had the Honda Civic, and it was a wonderful car until it was attacked by a tree and totaled. And then I got the uh, the Acura Integra, which was an absolutely amazing car. Loved that thing until I finally sold it. My friend's still driving around her Honda Civic Del Sol. It gets stolen. What kind of a man steals a woman's Del Sol? <laughs> pisses me off. Jeez. Yeah. What about you? you what have pisses a you autocentric off? kind of an episode. This is the auto store, is what this is. Well, you know, yesterday was actually uh, May the 4th. Yeah. That's Star Wars Day, man. I know. Well, let me, let me tell you. Now, I know that you're not a huge fan of the Star Wars. Over the years, not like you. you have been like quoted. It. You've been quoted as saying of the Star Wars series, it's one and a half good movies, fucking terrible, I think was one of your quotes, <laughs> and uh, something along the lines of shittiest common dominator entertainment for man boys who can't get over outgrowing their Boba Fett underoos. I think that you said something like that once upon a time. I probably did. I probably said it a lot better than that. I expect that's what you said. But, uh, you know, I'm still a fan. And so, of course, last night I popped in episode four, what we used to know as Star Wars, right. to uh, give that a view. And my daughter and I are sitting there. And, you know, we're about a half hour into it. And I realized what pisses me off about Star Wars. There is a new Star Wars movie coming out this Christmas. They've got the cast all together. They've got new people. It's not by George Lucas anymore. It's by a company that spends all of their time trying to figure out what people want and then giving it to them. Disney? I mean, that's how you end up with things like Winnie the Pooh denim shirts and shit like that. It's because (laughs) it's a company that gives you exactly what you fucking want, no matter what it is. And George Lucas, you get like fucking midichlorians and Jar Jar and shit that you never, ever wanted. So that bodes well. And yet I realized while watching the film last night that I'm never going to see the Star Wars that I really want to see, which is an aged Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) fucking with the citizenry of Tatooine. Wasn't it just a little too easy for him to do that? This is not the droids you're looking for. He's been doing that shit for years. I mean, think about it. Dude is like fucking on the lam, right? He's dead broke. He's living in a mud hut on a desert planet. So you know all he's doing is like, I don't have to pay my power bill. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have to pay his power bill. It's free pizza day. All he does is like fuck with people. And that's the movie I want to see. You just think he's some sad grifter? Like should be played by William H. Macy or something? No, but he can't have like a, you know, a 
Empire social security number because he's on the land, man. The Emperor's after his shit. So he's got to be laying low. So he's got to have like one of those jobs. He probably spins one of those signs during the day, like pointing the mattress <laughs> outlet in Moss Eisley. You know, the really nice mattress outlet, not the one in Anchorhead. This is the most bizarre Star Wars fan fiction I've ever heard you spout. And you know, I mean, it's hot there. He's not wearing any clothes under that robe. When he got chopped down by Darth Vader, what fell? Just a robe. No boxer shorts, nothing else. Yeah, you never really saw You never saw what he was wearing. He was an old pervert, and he was messing with people's minds with the Force the entire time. It's free. No support down there. His testicles must have been just about dragging on the dunes. You think they dragged in single file to hide their numbers? (laughs) These are not the balls you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So that pisses me off that I'm never going to be able to see a movie of Obi-Wan Kenobi just fucking with people in Tatooine because that would be hilarious. You should make that movie. I don't think I have the wherewithal. Maybe we could do like a Kickstarter, make Steve's Obi-Wan balls movie. (laughs) All righty. Well, uh, why don't we listen to a tune? Okay, let's listen to a tune. How about uh, Dancing on Your Grave? Good afternoon, folks. You're listening to WRAW Radio Raw. Bringing you nothing but music for ghosts. You say, hey, Vang, I'm not dead yet. Don't touch that dial. You may be soon. We have our special guest here tonight, Lester T. Raw, and the Graveside Quartet. Lester? Why, thank you, Vang. I appreciate you introducing us like that. All the mourners stand in line to say farewell the final time to grab some dirt rocks and throw them on your box. Say a prayer and sing a song, keep weeping, drinking all night long, but I will stand up next and pay my disrespects. you asked, Lester, because I am listening to the Bone Bat Show. Wow, can I listen to... No. 
Alright everybody, this is Steve from the Bone Bash Show, and I'm here with John Tusillo Jr., the director of The Dinner Guest. That's right. At the 5th Bone Bat Film Festival. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. You How came you? all the way up from California for this film festival. Yeah. That is amazing. I was excited about it. I still am. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of your reception of the film? I thought it was great. That's why I go, you know, to, to all these festivals. It's always nice hearing, you know, the audience's reaction and, you know, just... Meeting everybody, it's always great. <laughs> it was really cool, and it's for the folks that haven't seen it or didn't make it this year. A stoner and his family are all together having a, a family meal, and uh, the sister brings home a new boyfriend, and he's not what he seems. Right. And it's a little little bit of homage to Terminator. There's comic books yep. in it. There's weed. Everything that a guy could like is in that film, which makes it a lot of fun. That's right. And uh, it had a great response. The audience were laughing, great, yeah. and uh, they really seemed to enjoy it. So uh, what's next for you, John? Uh... I have another uh, short at the festival circuit right now. It's called That's Not Mine. Uh, it's been doing pretty well. We, uh, we showed in February at the uh, Houston Comedy Film Festival. We oh, won nice. Best Micro Short, so that was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, right now, I mean, I, I'm working on a pilot called Slightly Toasted, so uh, my manager's been sending that out to a couple network execs trying to get that uh, up and running. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I've been, I've been dying to do another short film it's just it's it's about picking the right one you know you can't just make every idea that you have you got to be a little selective it's, absolutely it's about quality not quantity that's right <laughs> all right man well you got to keep us informed as to what absolutely you're doing. i'm going to send you guys the, the that's not mine and cool. uh hopefully you enjoy it all right one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the bomb show john what pisses you off oh, god ignorant people <laughs> <laughs> yeah mostly ignorant people well, thanks so much for coming thank, all the way to thank Seattle you for the bonus. So Bethel much Fest. for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. All right, we are back. And joining us now on the show is the director of one of the most favored shorts from this year's Bonebat Comedy Horrors Film Festival, Stephen De Janeiro, director of First Date. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? We're great. Thank you so much for joining us <laughs> on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, the reason, Man, thank you so much for uh, letting us show your film in our film festival. <laughs> short. I, I, this short hit our audience so hard, you doubled up yeah. on the next nearest votes for the <laughs> 2015 Viewer's Choice Award. Congratulations, man. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It is It is a movie that I just, I wish I could have been there <laughs> on post-production on my, uh, my first feature right now. Well, congratulations! But, you know, That's I love fantastic. Watching this movie, and thank you, thank you. I love watching this movie with an audience. Yeah, when you have a like, 130 people oh. all streaming and trying to avert their gaze and yet trying to look at it at the same time, it's it's something. It really is. It's, it's quite an experience. <laughs> and you know, seeing it at home on your computer screen is nothing like seeing it in front of a live audience. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and and it's one of the things that has been a little bit frustrating about the process is trying to get this movie out there, is that you know we have won the audience award now in five out of seven festivals where we were eligible. <laughs> That's fantastic. Which you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's a very audience movie, and yet getting into a lot of festivals. In fact, we we beat out at at one festival we beat out one of the Oscar nominated. Uh, short film, <laughs> which I'm very proud of. But uh, no, it's been it's been you know it's a challenge to sort of convince people yes it's going to work. And I didn't know either. I had no idea. I mean, like I made this movie and I'm like I find this funny, you know. And then we got a bunch of rejections from festivals, and then we finally played our first festival, and it was a really small crowd. 
and it was a much older skewing crowd and mm -hmm. uh, you know it was really not quite the crowd for this movie and by small i mean like 12 or 15 people and i got laughs and whatever else and i was like okay well it's kind of working but it wasn't until we we had our first like big showing at uh dc shorts uh in in dc that it just sort of exploded <laughs> we, we, uh, the, no John, pun John intended Dan, the programmer at dc shorts who's you know amazing dude he had the foresight to sort of program this in a block of shorts at midnight immediately following like the big opening night party thing <laughs> and so we had this big boisterous drunk crowd that was warmed up by two or three other movies that were also sort of really out there and then ours played and it just fucking killed and i was like okay it works thank god i'm not just completely fucking crazy and i'm not you know an idiot because i find this funny <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's the secret because gratifying. yeah it was like, you know, six hours into our festival after they've already seen a feature and some shorts and some live music. They've been drinking and eating great food all day, and it was just the right timing. And I actually felt like I needed to apologize to anybody who had just ordered some food right before that <laughs> film showed. Not me. I was like, hey, yeah. have the chili. <laughs> but I think that's one of the interesting uh, things is like, you know, we show films about zombies and aliens and all kinds of horrific shit. But this is so much more horrific because it's so universal. This could happen to anyone. So relatable. Yeah, I mean, that's really was sort of the genesis of the idea. You know, it was like, I, I was like, what what scares me? What what <laughs> where, When have I been terrified in my life? You know, I've never been so, chased by a, a, an axe-wielding maniac. I've never encountered a demon, you know, so that, that shit doesn't really scare me. But going on first dates <laughs> and having something like this happen, that's like... A terror that knows no bounds. And so that, that's why I decided to make the movie. Was it truly based on a true story? It is um, an amalgam of various different stories. You know, it, it's thrown into a blender and then amped up to, you know, <laughs> worst case. Yeah, well, amped up to 11, to worst turned, case. Turned up to number two. Yeah. Well, we, we actually had... Uh, <laughs> 1,200 submissions for this year's film festival. And so we, we actually saw a couple other shorts that were kind of similar in nature. They dealt with a first date with a gastrointestinal problem. But nobody had your attention to detail. The handprint on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that I wish, I totally wish that I could take credit for that. That was uh, one of our crew members, Sean, who, if you look carefully in the credits, he's credited as Poop Wrangler. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> he, he and my wife were in charge of, of you know, placing all of the poop on the walls. And as we were getting ready to shoot that shot, he's like, wouldn't it be funny if there's a handprint right there in the wall? And I was like, yes, that would be hilarious. Go do it. And he did it. And I was just, yeah, so that one I can't take credit for. I can only take credit for recognizing the genius of the idea when it was presented to me. Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, the music you, you had, the audio with this is what really made it for me. It was so perfect and set the tone the so well. The music was literally, I mean, literally the first person that I called when I decided, you know what, I'm going to actually go do this. Uh, was was my friend Mike, who's a composer. He lives out in L.A. He's worked on you know, some, some bigger stuff. And, you know, he and I were in a band in high school together and I knew that like, you know, he was going to write me some fucking amazing music. <laughs> and I didn't really know how amazing until sort of, until he, you know, started sending me stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, you know, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you're doing a, a feature film now. Is it another comedy? I am. It is more of a straight horror movie. You know, um, 
but it is very funny at the same time. I'm kind of trying. It, we're, we're we're figuring out how exactly we're sort of pitching this to people to be completely honest. I mean, the movie's almost done. It's very funny, I think, and test audiences that we've shown it to have been laughing really hard. But it definitely sort of takes a turn midway through. And it's it's <laughs> you know the the movie's called Found Footage 3D. And it's about a group of filmmakers who go out to this cabin in the woods to shoot uh, the first 3D found footage horror movie and end up in a found footage horror movie when they're, they're like the, the bad guy from their movie starts showing up in their behind-the-scenes footage and eventually start, starts attacking them. <laughs> so it's very, I mean, it was very much uh, what we're going for tone-wise is in the model of sort of Scream. Uh-huh. Like the original yeah. Scream, where it's scary, it's a horror movie, it's definitely not, you know, it's not a movie that pulls its punches, or, you know, I wouldn't even call it a horror comedy, it's a horror movie, but it also has this sort of meta element, where you have these characters that sort of know that they're in a found footage movie. Cause so they're kind of a little movie. self-aware. Yeah. And so, it's funny, but it's definitely a, a horror movie. Well, we gotta see this, man. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited to get it finished, I've been working on this thing for a long time now, so it's close now. All right. Nearing well, the finish line. Well, Stephen, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for allowing us to show your short at our film festival, and congratulations again on winning the Viewer's Choice Award. I mean, uh, you oh, know, thanks. like I said, we had 1,200 submissions that we winnowed down to 35 shorts that made the cut for our fest, and we have one animated winner and one live action winner, and you're yours just so. floated to the surface. Right to <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations again, oh, man! It's really cool. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. It's always it's such a weird thing. It's not a movie that I would have thought like audiences would re- would reward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was I assumed that it was going to make people uncomfortable and they were going to be looking through their hands and laughing and whatever else, but I never thought that like people were going to like love it. That was a weird, <laughs> that kind of blindsided me. <laughs> well, you've earned every, every so. bit of it, man. It's a great show. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, one last question. We always like to ask all of our guests yep. here on the bone bat show, Steven, what pisses you off? Ah, uh, you know what? To be completely frank with you at the moment, the thing that pisses me off the most is my foot. <laughs> Your foot? A, uh, uh, Your foot. Yes. I'm, I'm not able to walk at the moment. Uh, I have a, a foot injury that has been uh, not healing for the last week or two. Dear God, and, tell uh, me, it's not a Morton's neuroma, is it? No, you it is smashed not. smashed the nerve? Oh, yeah. good. No, no, it's, uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a, a disease called gout that causes oh. inflammation in my joints every once in a while. And it's very unpleasant, and it really fucking pisses me off. Well, so I'm starting to hear that, man. At the moment. You know, yeah, from what I hear, that really, most, really sucks. Uh, yeah, it's not fun. I mean, it only flares up once a year, once every two years. But it came at the worst possible time. I have a uh, my wife is going to give birth in about three weeks, and I have a movie to finish before then. So oh shit! It's made my life sounds like you came at the worst possible time too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but if that's the worst thing I have to be pissed off about, then you know I consider myself fortunate. Well, congratulations on the new member of your family as well. That's pretty oh, great. Thank you. Thank We're you. both dads, so uh, we know what you're about to get into here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you again cool. for joining us on the show. Congratulations once more, and best of luck with your future endeavors. We can't wait to see Found Footage 3D. Oh, thank you, man. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. All right. Excellent. I'm 
the comb pageant. Yes, you got losing the comb pageant. Yes, you got losing the comb pageant. You can see my hog. There's a pony runner losing the bottom. There's a pony runner losing the bottoms. There's a pony runner losing the bottoms. As you can see my hog. Yeah, you can't keep your dogs by the rabbit. You gotta keep your dogs by the cabbage. For something completely different, that was a little something-something off Lester T. Raw's solo album, An Arkansas, Have You Seen My Hog? All right, so why don't we talk a little bit about the festival, uh, some of our favorite moments, some of the cool things that happened. Uh, one of the things, that, and nobody got to see this, but before the show even started, Oh, yeah. Graveside Quartet is doing their uh, sound check. And they played Istanbul, not Constantinople, and it was so fucking great. It was great. They just busted into the song, like, soundcheck, doop, 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 hitting the mic, all right. And he starts playing the mandolin, and next thing you know, And it sounded just fantastic. It was so great. And there were, like, six people in the room when it happened. And they obviously didn't play it as part of the set. So it was just one of those awesome little moments that, that we got to enjoy. And oh my God, were they so much fun. Graveside Quartet, Pine Box Boys, they're such fantastic musicians that they really are amazing. And the way they engage the crowd is just tremendous. And they put on such a fun, fun show. And it was just the perfect musical accompaniment for this year's episode. We're asking ourselves at the end, how do we top this one? Like each year we feel that way. But this year we really feel that way. It's like, yeah, wow! I don't know what we're gonna do. That was amazing. Yeah, what what could we possibly do? Yeah, free blowjobs for everybody. I mean, we've already got the most generous prize giveaway in the history of film festivals. Yeah, I mean, people get a ton of swag. Our sponsors give us 
all this awesome stuff. And I mean, it's again, 75% of the audience probably walks away with some sort of a prize. And that's in addition to everybody got a swag bag this yeah, year. With 100% them. of the audience gets a swag bag. Right. This you year, Dolcetta chocolate, boom. Dolcetta chocolate, which was delicious. And I mean, she must have done, I don't know, a dozen, 15 different types. So it was a fantastic mm-hmm. assortment. Everybody got a fantasy novel from Paizo. We had three different novels going around. We uh, got some stickers. serious support from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, my God. Dark Horse Comics has always been a fantastic sponsor. They send us some graphic novels to give away, and we've always done that. This year, they gave us over 100 comic issues. So we were able to put a whole comic in every single swag bag that we gave away. That was fantastic. Yeah, and they were all comics that were appropriate for a horror comedy film festival. And good. I mean, they had yeah, everything like B- BPRD and Rat God by Richard Corbin, the guy who did heavy metal, and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, there was just a great selection of comics. The Strain. Oh, yeah. such good stuff. And it was all perfect, and the, the tone was perfect. Can't thank them enough. Also, stickers, man. Those Cthulhu California stickers were fantastic. People loved hey, those. Thanks. I hope they're stuck everywhere. <laughs> I hope so, too. Well, except for all over Central Cinema, who was an amazing... Right, not in Central Cinema. An amazing, amazing host this year. Man, everything just went off to perfection. There wasn't a single technical glitch, glitch all night. <laughs> or glitch. Or glitch. The uh, beer? Holy shit. Charging Hippos uh, Don't Go Up the Stairs Imperial Stout ran out by like 8 p.m. The Pine Box boys are getting ready to go on. They're like, hey, can we get another round of that stout? No, no you cannot. It's all gone. It's not that you can. It's not that you may not. It's you I would set you up. So uh, had to shift gears and make with the Mac and Jacks also, which was amazing. African Amber all night on drink special. Just tremendous. Uh, you know, the support that we get from all of our sponsors is awesome. Just the, the fact that 130 people backed this event. To make this happen. You know, I mean, this was a Kickstarter funded deal. And in order to make a fest like this happen, it takes a lot of upfront front resources. And our audience came through in a big, bad way. And I can't thank them enough for giving us the opportunity to make this festival happen for a fifth time. I mean, that was really cool. Uh, the, the shorts went over so amazingly well. Uh, dinner guest, the director, John Tuchillo Jr., came all the way up from California to attend the screening of that film, which was really cool. Yeah. We had fans that came all the way up from California just to see the band. That's right. Which was really cool. A woman bought her husband uh, and herself tickets to the fest just so they could come up and watch the Pine Box Boys and see the films, and uh, they were cool. Uh, we had a uh, supervillain is what really stuck out in my mind, mostly because it was so quiet, so tense. And at one point, I thought your wife was going to punch me for having a <laughs> <the> festival. <laughs> Though that's, you know, as we've mentioned before, we love to throw a right cross or a curveball or any other sports metaphor into the film festival that we want to make something that you're not going to expect. And for the most part, it's the best horror comedy we can find. But we're going to stick in some straight horror if we can find some. And there were a couple of real kind of mind fucks that we stuck in there. And just some dark shit. I mean, Magia, Magic, that was a dark one. Mm-hmm. M is for Miracle is pretty damn dark as well. But yeah, you, you cannot was- top Supervillain for sheer holy shit. Just a fear in the pit of your stomach film. 
And we had the American premiere of that at the Bombat Film Festival. That yeah, was fantastic. Yeah, we didn't even know we were the premiere for that film in Los Estados Unidos. Yeah, not only that, but a Terrible Typewriter from Sweden. That was a world premiere, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, we're a lot cooler than I think. I know, right? Right. Huh. And then, uh, of course, we had a couple of the producers, Bannister and Mike, came down from Vancouver to host the screening of Wolf Cop, our final feature of the night. So just really had a great time, and uh, I think everybody came out of there having a lot of fun. It was a good time. A good time was had by all. So next year, if you want tickets, I implore right you. Send us money right now. Get them early. Because I, I feel like I'm always telling people, and people don't believe me, that I'm like, you know, we're going to sell out? We're going to sell out? No, nah, yeah, you ain't going to sell out. I'll buy them at the door. And, and we sold out. We couldn't do it. Had people the week of. There was like, hey, you got? I don't have any more tickets. I am so sorry. We can't yeah, do it. Yeah, we actually had friends of ours like, yeah. hey, so uh, going to your festival? Like, uh, <laughs> no, you're not, actually. So, yeah, sorry. yeah, get your tickets early. So, for those of you who did miss the film festival, we're going to be showing the best of Bone Bat at Crypticon 2015 Memorial Day weekend right here in Seattle. So you can see the best, the viewer's choice best voted films, including First Date from director Steven DiGennaro and Leslie the Pony has an A-plus day from director Christian LaRave, as well as one more film. Now, there's a film that... We went back and forth about, man, we couldn't fit into the film festival. It's got a long running time. It's 45 minutes long. But it is a gorgeous, terrifying, atmospheric film uh, from the director of the film Air Conditions, which was one of our favorites last year. Director Ryan Oliver of Death Blow Productions created a film called Restoration, and that will be the headliner for our Crypticon shorts block. So if you want to see another amazing headliner as well as the best of this year's Bone Bat Film Festival, join me there May 23rd at the Hilton in Seattle at Crypticon. I have such sights to show you. <laughs> You'll dig it. You will dig it. We're also doing Saturday morning cartoons again as well. All right. We, we, had so much, we had so much animation this year. We can just power that shit on our own. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, last year, animation light. This year, plenty of. <laughs> All right, dude, you got a Gord's Weird Stuff this week? You know, I do have a Gord's Weird Stuff this week. The great state of Texas has been amusing me to no end lately. But it got so wonderful this week. I'm going to read you a little story. It combines Texas, Walmart, the U.S. military, conspiracy theorists. Holy shit, that's a lot of yeah. stuff. Walmart actually issued a statement Monday dismissing rumors that tunnels were being built by the U.S. military beneath closed stores in an attempt to launch a takeover of Texas. I mean, can you be, imagine being a corporate spokesman at Walmart who's like, oh, really, I have to say this? <laughs> yeah. Walmart spokesperson Lorenzo Lopez said there's no truth to the rumors. The tunnels are part of a series of conspiracy theories surrounding the Jade Helm 15 military training exercise that's taking place um, later on this year in seven western states. And conspiracy theorists are going bananas with it. They've said that the operation may be the start of a covert attempt to take over Texas and other states. It's not just Walmart that's in the denial game on this, uh, this thing. The actual governor of Texas has issued an order to the, the state guard. It's kind of like their National Guard 
to monitor the U.S. military. And when people started making fun of him for, for monitoring, you know, U.S. Navy SEALs and stuff with his own group of weekend warriors, he continued to defend the decision, saying that he's going to defend the rights of the, the state of Texas to make sure no one gets their – I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure what he's, what he's guarding against. Corey, how, how he thinks a few weekend warriors are going to take on a group of Navy SEALs, but what the hell do I know? It's Texas. Uh, theorists have suggested that there are five Walmart retail locations that were shuttered abruptly because of the Jade Helm 15 operation. And they have suggested that the closed stores, one of which is in Texas, will serve as food distribution centers and will be used to house the headquarters of the invading troops from China here to disarm Americans one by one. Another theory suggests that there are already a system of underground tunnels and bunkers below the closed Walmarts. <laughs> yeah. News from Texas. Flipping awesome. I love it. Those guys never cease to amaze and amuse me. I don't know what's next, but I, I'm looking forward to it. That's my weird shit. So the series of tunnels, I, can you go into a little more detail on that? I'm trying to figure it out. You know, when you're playing Warhammer 4000 Winter Assault, I know you can bunker your guys in any group of bunkers and then pop out of any other group of bunkers because of a series of underground <laughs> so tunnels. So it's kind of like that? So you could you go down to the tunnels and you pop up in any other Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I thought about is the fact that they close these Walmarts is right there. That is a blow to some of these cons- conspiracy theorists because now where are they going to get the tinfoil for their hats? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, Walmart's closed. Where do you go? I don't know. I, I don't know. I have not seen a tinfoil cowboy hat, though I expect to see one soon. Stetson's working on one, feverishly as we speak, I assume. <laughs> Made out of space-age polymers. Yeah, housing a radar disruption device inside. <laughs> Probably the 10-gallon hats have got all kinds of tech inside of them. All right, dude, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's listen to a tune, huh? Why don't we listen to one from the Pine Box Boys? Now, this is a, a little tune we gave away on the 10-year anniversary digital music card to all of our enormous package purchasers. This is the 2013 version of The Tardy Hearse. There's a tardy hearse with a body in the back, and the motors are standing in the pouring rain. I'll make you a bet, five will get you. Oh, that boy won't beat that line on name.
in the way. Hi, this is Stephen DiGennaro, director of the Bone Bat Film Festival award-winning First Date, and you are listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, folks, Steve once again from the Bone Bat Film Festival 2015, and joining me now once again on the show, the one, the only, Lester T. Raw. How are you doing, sir? Finer than the hair on a frog. How are you doing, Steve? <laughs> so great to have you back, and thank you so much for coming up and playing our Humble Film Festival. It's a pleasure to come do that. I'm glad you throw this. This is a really, really good festival. And, you know, aside from all of the crappy films and the way that, you know, the theater was falling down upon us over there, you know. The, the hosts are kind of jerk-offs. Well, you know, uh, we were going to, you guys do leave, like, one of those, you know, comment cards that we can fill out, right? <laughs> I think we got something like that, yeah. This is one of the best festivals. This was so much fun. And, yeah, there's nothing quite like that back in San Francisco, that's for sure. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, it was a pleasure after, you know, we featured you guys on the show so many times and to kind of bring it all together here, it just felt right. The audience loved it. Everybody was fired up. That was a great time. And we kind of owed your daughter a show because your your son got to come see us last year. Yeah, my son son got to see it. Although he's still bitching because he didn't get to hear Confusion Hill live. But uh, I I told him he's got to let that dream go. He's got to let that dream go. It's not going to happen, son. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he should uh, just get a bunch of cars on a racetrack to play it through their stereos and just drive around them real fast. That might kind of approximate it. I don't think we There's no way we could play that song. All right, man. Well, I know that you're, you, you've played a long set. It's been a long day for you. So we'll ask you one last question. We always ask all our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Lester, what pisses you off? The phrase, it is what it is. <laughs> Duh. You know? I mean, if you can't come up with something else to say, that it's best to keep your mouth closed at that point, you know? <laughs> best to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? That's a fine quote. All righty, sir. Well, thank you again for joining Steve us. It's always. been a pleasure. Anytime. That was kick-ass. Thank you. <laughs> Scratch 
This is John Tassillo Jr., the director of The Dinner Guest, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Once again, that was Wedo Paris live from Lester T. Raw and the Graveside Quartet. And joining us now, the other epic bookend of this year's 2015 Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, the director of our viewer's choice for best animated short, Leslie the Pony has an A-plus day, director Christian LaRave. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? Oh, fantastically well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and congratulations for winning the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Animated Short. We had 1,200 submissions this year, which we yeah. narrowed down to 35 films that made it, and you were the number one animated short. How cool is that? That is amazing. I didn't know that, but it's good to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's funny because in our viewing process with 1,200 films, like, I would get emails from Gordon, hey, you need to watch this, you need to watch that. Kept sending me notes, have you watched Leslie the Pony gets, has an A-plus day yet? Have you watched this? Have you watched yeah, Leslie the Pony? This was like one of the first films I watched. I, I think I actually went, reached out to you and said, hey, will you please submit? You know, most people just submitted their films without us reaching out to them. But right. I, I saw yours and went, oh, my God. We got to yeah, show did. this. It's always nice when people let me know that there's a festival going on. Thank you for doing that. Oh. I was glad to submit. <laughs> So I finally yeah. watch it, and of course, the, this film can break a man's brain if he's not ready for it. It's just the kind of thing that <laughs> we fucking, fine, so. that we love. Yeah, women too. <laughs> that we love for this film festival. We love to throw our audience a curveball, and this is the perfect curveball, because nobody has ever seen anything like this before. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was the goal. So I asked my kids. Guys, what question do you want me to ask the director of Leslie the Pony? And my daughter says, where did he get the idea? And my son said, and what was he on? (laughs) Well, it's not about the drugs that you're on. It's about the drugs that you should be on. (laughs) (laughs) No, drug-free is the way to be, baby. (laughs) So tell me all about how you got the idea to make this film. Oh, God. Um, All right, well, it's... It was um, a student film, actually. I go to RISD, uh, Rhode Island School of Design in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And it was my junior film. So I'm, I'm a senior right now. I'm about to graduate. But yeah, so junior year, we get basically a semester to make our own film. And it kind of came from needing to make a film in such a short amount of time. I, I only had like really four months when it came down to it. So I was like, I needed to make something neat and tidy and... And uh, usually my films aren't neat and tidy whatsoever, so <laughs> I uh, I kind of just wrote that song in in one like night of inspiration, and you know did it in GarageBand and recorded it and everything, and then the next months were just doing those goddamn loops. So <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I love all the subtle the, the changes that happen. You know, later on all the tulips are chewed off, and there's. The, the gnomes are, are gone. They're just their clothing remaining. <laughs> just yeah. Leslie the Pony's descent into madness or ascent into chaos or whatever <laughs> exactly happens with the whole Dark Lord thing. Exactly. It's, it's just, you got it. You never really know. You know. There's just signs that things have gone completely off the rails, which <laughs> which I like because I like thinking about things that aren't you know given to you completely on a silver platter. or It's got some heuristic value. And it's I, just bananas too, which is also nice. 
And I love the <laughs> just the, the love of language in it, the gambling through Esplanades. I mean, that's fucking fantastic. You're just dropping yeah, these mean, great phrases as you go through the film, and that is just so cool yeah. to me. We, I mean, when you're, like, raping people's brains, you might as well teach them vocabulary. <laughs> right. right. I'm gonna, that's what my mom always said. I'm going to Google that word later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was that your first time animating ground beef? Uh, you know what? Funny story. It's not ground beef. I'm actually a vegan. So. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I used um, oatmeal and pasta sauce. Wow, so, okay. I know. You can do it. Um, <laughs> you can get really gory without meat. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was all, that was actually really fun. Uh, it, I got a little sick, like, making the concoction, but, but once I started getting my hands in it, it, it was smooth sailing. <laughs> so truly, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Well, no non-human animals, maybe. <laughs> So tell me, what are you working on next, man? What can we expect from Christian Larave next? Oh, man. I um, I just finished my degree project for senior year at RISD. Whether it will be released onto the interwebs uh, remains to be seen, but it, hopefully it will be. It's about wizards, so I'm staying within the fantasy realm. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, look forward to that. <laughs> we do already. Great. <laughs> all right, man. Well, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here okay. on the Bone Bat Show. Christian, what pisses you off? Everything pisses me off. No, but um, <laughs> specifically, one thing that really, really pisses me off is, you know, when you're in, like a, you're looking out into a beautiful landscape or something and like you're just trying to like uh, savor the moment and that one person just is like, wow, how beautiful is that? That's what pisses me off. People who have to remind you that they're having a good time when they should just be enjoying it. <laughs> wow, like, that is the deepest what pisses us off I think we've ever had on no, the show. No, I know. I mean, believe me, everything else, too. But this is like <laughs> that, that little thing that like you wouldn't think pisses me off. It does. And so if anybody's hearing this who's going to hang out with me, just don't do that. Isn't this Stop a couple? Enjoy the moment. Isn't this a great interview, yeah. Gord? This is. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> All right, man. Well, again, thank you so much once again for allowing us to show your film at our film festival. And congratulations again for winning the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Animated Short. That is so cool. We're so proud to have this opportunity. And uh, again, congrats. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Takes with the devil from time to time. Buy him a beer. Watch that smile cross his face from ear to ear. You know I bet it's true. Shit, they say he used to do, he probably did. But things were signed in blood, and that's better than the word for swearing with. I will agree. There's some nights you don't go wandering in the trees. Well, it's fine. They were never found guilty of no crime. Watch him dance with that cold walker 
sticking out his pants. Didn't hear him crow. See him waving that old hat there to and fro. Oh, you know I bet he did the same the night he signed his blood name onto that page. And there's gonna be some dying if old Willie starts to fly into a rage. He's gonna run out of room to make more notches on his gun. So many kills, they're running out of graves up on that hill. Guts from the Pine Box Boys' first album, Arkansas Killing Time, preceded by our interview with director Christian Larave of Leslie the Pony Has an A Plus Day. Thank you again, Christian, for staying up late to join us on the show. So, Gord, Steve, a little multimedia triage. What have you been digging yeah, you know, on? Have you had time to I dig have on had anything? Time. It's been wonderful. And let me tell you, to bring it back around to Dark Horse Comics, yes. they have begun Fight Club 2. And I read the first issue of Fight Club 2, and I'm liking this series already. They got Chuck Palahniuk, or however you pronounce his name. Palahniuk, I think. Is it Palahniuk? Yes. Okay, I'll go with that. They've got Chuck Palahniuk writing it. They've got Cameron Stewart doing the art. It's on Dark Horse, so you know it's going to be awesome. And it's a great way to continue the story that, that began in Fight Club all those many years ago. Tyler Durden, he's married now to Marla, 10 years after starting Project Mayhem. And he lives this 
mundane life. He's got a kid. He's got the wife. He's got the pills to keep his destiny at bay. But his wife, Marla, is getting bored. And <laughs> <laughs> she, one of the greatest characters in any movie ever, she she is seeing that his destiny is is going to arrive. She is going to see to that. It's great. I think everyone should pick this thing up and read it. Check it out, including you. Have you read it? I have not. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. In fact, uh, Dark Horse sent us, uh, at least they sent me, a digital copy ahead of time to review for the show, which is what I'm doing right now, but I'm still spending cash money buying the comic book. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Yeah. Check that out. All right. I watched the movie, Steve. What'd you watch? Baba Duke. (laughs) I saw that movie. You know, it's funny because this movie was on my list. I got a list of movies that I I just want to see. I keep it in my phone. And I cannot remember why I wanted to see this one, where I'd heard of it. I think I saw a preview or or something somewhere. Well, it was the the independent horror hotness last year. I mean, that's all anybody. This year, remember how It it Follows was the hotness? This was last year's It Follows. Everybody was talking about the Babadook. I missed that. Apparently, I got a little bit of that chatter, though, because I put it on my list. And then I saw you on Facebook had just watched it and been I purchased it. it. Yeah, I was at uh, visiting our sponsor, Scarecrow Video. And uh, I was picking up some prizes and dropping off some posters. And uh, it was the same day that Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars, which is kind of a kid movie, but I've always really liked that film. And it gets slammed just mercilessly kind of in horror circles. But I dig it. And it finally came out on Blu-ray from Scream Factory. And so uh, while I was there at Scarecrow, I'm like, well, I'm going to you know pick that up. And it just happened to be the same day that Duke came out. So I picked up that as well. And man, I got to say, that film was terrifying. I haven't been scared of a movie in a while. That, that was movie a, was, that was scary. scary movie. Yeah, it was totally scary. And it was original. I love something that scares me and is original. Yeah, and I mean, really, really great character design. The whole premise of the children's book that is somehow evoking this malevolent creature. Yeah, this entity. Yeah, that, that part not necessarily terribly original but the creature itself but the way it was done was yeah absolutely i do have a, some beef i think with the ending that it could have ended sooner it, the the end did not have to be quite so literal for me and that that kind of the last five minutes of the film kind of made me like ah did you have to but overall still really great film and really effective and scary yeah i didn't mind the ending i was surprised by the ending i thought it, it kind of didn't really go with the rest of the movie, but it, that, it made that's kind of a turn, ex- and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that. You you nailed exactly why it didn't go with the rest of the movie. Yeah, but still, I see the movie. It's a it's a fun movie. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's good, and it'll it'll raise the uh, hairs on the back of your neck, something fierce. Yeah. Speaking of uh, guys that don't have any hair on the back of their neck, I saw Furious Seven finally. After promising my kid for like a month and a half, I'm going to take him to see that movie. You know, it's basically car porn with Vin Diesel grunting. I don't know. I saw like the first one and never felt the need to go back. Oh, no. These things are fun. These are fun. Watch these movies in a theater with people because the stunts are so completely bongo brain. You just laugh. I, I mean, they can't possibly be taking themselves seriously when they make this movie. It's it's a hoot. So 
<laughs> yeah, I don't watch Hoots. You don't Thank watch you Hoots? You Maybe can, you need a little bit more Hoot you in your can, life. You, can you need some Hooters. Your, keep your goddamn Hoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can not like these movies. They're, I mean, because they're, they're bad. supercars out of skyscrapers and flying through the air. They have lame plots and bad actors. There's, a, there's no plot. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's just, it's just car porn. That's all it is. And then I guess I can't again. I guess I can't talk. I've only seen one of them, so yeah. You need to start to like see six and seven to really when it's <laughs> when it's gone absolutely over the top. These movies are to car movies what Mortal Kombat X is to fighting games. <laughs> Mortal Kombat X. Now, okay, so this is kind of turning into a thing. Yeah, where each year after the film fest is over, the next day we go to breakfast. Yeah. And then we play some sort of a fighting game. Have you noticed this? We've done this several years now. I like it. I like yeah. going and playing fighting games with you. I like killing you. The more disgusting, horrific ways, the better. Yes. And, like tearing and, out your spine and then forcing you to eat said spine and then breaking the spine in your gut so it can't be properly digested. That's what's great about Mortal Kombat, because each time, like, the, the x-ray spine-breaking thing happens, you're just kind of going, oh, oh, shit, oh, that had to hurt. So, yeah, it, it definitely is a fun game. Uh, I don't know uh, how the story is. You There's know, we haven't played that. There is a first-player mode where you can go through, unlock more characters. Although, I understand... You have to, like, pay for Baraka. What is the shit with that? Oh, he's already president. Every year I use him to, like, slice you to ribbons, and this year yeah. that was not an opportunity, so I was oh, disappointed yeah. in that. You didn't kill me in other ways. Also, Goro, the same thing, that big forearmed dude. Yeah. He, uh, he was another one that I think you've got to pay for. So you spend Premium 60 bucks games. in this game, yeah. and then you have and to... And you got to pay for another character. Isn't that horseshit? That's horseshit. I hate that That kind deal. of is horseshit. There should be a character that's like literally horseshit. <laughs> there might be. There might be. Ferator shit. <laughs> Fecal side. <laughs> Poop cybot. <laughs> Poop smoke. <laughs> so yeah, Mortal Kombat is pretty yeah. damn fun. Hey, speaking of a, uh, a blind swordsman, uh, watch the Daredevil series. Now, I've only watched the first episode, so okay. don't spoil like it too much, but I, yeah, I liked what I saw. Right. I just need to devote the time, which I haven't. Yeah, had, it's but. pretty cool. It's, it's a little uneven. There are some things that are better than others, but the, the portrayal of Kingpin is really great. I've never liked the Kingpin character. I, he's always just seemed like kind of a, a throwaway joke of a villain, mm-hmm. but they, they really developed him as a character, and he's... He's my favorite part of the series. Really? Well, that's kind of yeah. cool to hear. Well, let's say, yeah. isn't that what they always say, that a superhero film or series is its only as good as the villain? The guy that plays Daredevil, pretty darn good. The guy that plays Foggy, uh, not so good. Really? They're, he's they're he's okay. He's sort of funny for a while, but... Yeah, yeah, I can do without him. They're female sidekick. She's great. She's the chick from uh, True Blood, that, right? Yeah. You've already got a thing right. for her because you like porny vampire women. <laughs> Horny vampire. Is that a type? I think so. I don't know. Okay. Sure. I'm not sure if my wife is going to appreciate being described as that. But then again, maybe <laughs> she will. I'll have to ask. And you know how I told you when we finish the film festival, I'm going to play some games? Yes. Yeah. I've been playing Endless Space. You know that game? I do not. 
it's more of a Gordon game than a Steve game, I think. Where you you got the like the map of the galaxy, and then you try to establish trade routes and build up your tech and research things, and then get into spaceship fights with other space pirates and other entities that you know it, it's it's almost like a, one of those Sid Meier games, or you know what? It's more like it's like uh, Galactic Civilizations, Galactic Civilizations Two, turn-based strategy games. Oh, is yeah. that one? That one's a really oh shoot, what is it? It's like Galactic Civilizations Three. Is Galactic Civilizations three out yet? I don't know. Shut up! You're boring me. Break you in half. <laughs> you, you bore me like the Game of Thrones series that's playing on HBO right now. Are we reviewing Jesus. that? I think we already did that. Oh, did we? All hey, right. so you didn't go see Avengers two this weekend? No, I did not go to the sold out opening weekend so I could sit like. Cheek to jowl with everybody else in this town. With the hoi polloi. You see, that's why. Because you're such an elitist, you can't sit with your fellow citizens and watch a film. The, I, I uh, you know choices. what? I could take my kid to a movie I've been promising him that I would take him to for like a month and a half, sit wherever I wanted in the theater, put my feet up, throw popcorn, take off my pants, the whole thing, or I could go... Like, stand in line for 75 hours to sit in as confined a space as possible. Yeah. No, I'm going to go see it next week. That's not a thing, but okay. You're a thing. Sure. No, my kids wanted to go see Avengers. They didn't want to go see a movie that nobody wants to see anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What, like the most successful franchise in movie history? Yeah. So anyway, so we took the kids to uh, see Avengers 2. A lot of fun. You know what? It's, It's kind of more dark. Than the first one. It's not as fun as the first one. It feels a little more overstuffed than the first one. The other one sort of felt brisk, even though it was kind of a long film. But this one sort of felt like a long film. It's got a lot of great stuff in it, but uh, it it definitely didn't quite... It wasn't quite the level of the first Avengers movie. But I will say, if you enjoyed the first, and if if you're... you know, if you're on board for the Marvel thing, which I am, definitely go see it. You but uh, are, I didn't but like it. Agents of Shield. I didn't like it quite as much. I watched Agents of Shield before you did. Are you keeping up with the series? No. Then shut the fuck up, Chico man. Why? Because it goes with the movie. It's yeah. all part of the same thing. The series is building to a point where stuff has been happening in the series that now. The movie takes off from that point. Yes, yes. I'm a few episodes behind because of film festivals. Okay. So you're caught up completely on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Absolutely. That's a thing. I watch that with my kids. We we do that every week, even if I'm doing a film festival. Yeah, the kids uh, kind of fell out after they went underground in the in the city, and the one guy got turned to dust, and that was about the last one we watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're a ways behind. My uh, movie-going experience will differ from yours if it will be enhanced by the fact that I've I don't know. That would be cool to know. Well, I I mean, I was caught up when we saw Winter Soldier, and that was kind of cool because the whole uh, Hydra thing was happening at the time. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of cool, but I I, I don't know. I mean, you'll have to tell me after you see it if it uh, dovetails nicely with your uh, TV-watching experience. I'll let you know. All right. You know how we talked about headphones last time? Yeah. And the time before? I just bought a pair of earbuds. Uh-huh. So what the hell? I'm going to throw the review out there. I bought okay. some Earjax Lyrics. Earjax is the company, and Lyrics 
is the name of the model of headphones. Okay. Purportedly, they're 100 bucks when they first came out. Now they're down to 50 bucks. And because my super awesome earbuds died, I went to buy these right before my trip up to Seattle, and they arrived promptly after I, re- I returned, so that kind of sucked. But uh, you know what? If you're looking for a cheap pair of middle-of-the-road earbuds, Earjacks, Lyrics, they're it. I would not pay 100 bucks for these, but they sound pretty good. If you don't have your big cans, you want some something that sounds better than those craptastic iPhone, whatever the crap comes with your iPod, I'd, I'd go with these. I got no complaints. They're worth the money. Cool. So this podcast is not endorsed by the people at Earjacks. They did not give me these. But if you are a manufacturer of ear- headphones or earbuds, please send them <laughs> to me. I will review them on the show. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I will sell out. That's no secret. He says from his great big free bean bag. <laughs> it's right on the other side of the room from me. <laughs> All right, dude. What about you? I've been talking about all the multimedia stuff I've been doing. What about you? I just said. I watched the Avengers movie. Avengers, the Babadook, and Mortal Kombat X, and that's it? That's pretty much it, yeah. you got to get your media on, man. i got to do something. All right, read a book. (laughs) I am reading a book. I'm reading a a book that was recommended by uh, Jess Hart, uh, MC3PO from Death Star, a while back. Uh, Robin Hobbs, the uh, Assassin's Apprentice. Oh, yeah, and uh, I'm about halfway through it. I like it a lot. It's a very good book. I've been trying to read uh, Ready Player One. Can't do it though. Why not? Because my kid lost the book. <laughs> that makes it hard. Yeah. So I got that going for me. You know, I did just pick up a copy of a zombie board game called Dead of Winter, which I am looking forward to playing at Crypticon this year. Uh, in the same fashion that we did Cave Evil last year. Uh, it's supposed to be a uh, kind of a zombie-based game, but it's one of those games where it's really the people you're afraid of, not the zombies. And uh, it's supposed to be all the hotness. Uh, everybody was talking about it on Tabletop Day, and uh, I have a copy, so I'm looking forward to giving that its uh, day in court. All right. So there will be for more reviews, just not at the moment. Just not right now. But yeah, our next episode will be a full-on uh, Crypticon feature so that'll be kind of fun i'm looking forward to it all right dude well uh, why don't we wrap this thing up let's wrap this bitch up and send it away thank yous uh once again we would like to thank the pine box boys and lester t raw's graveside quartet including lester t raw uncle dodds colonel timothy leather possum carviti and jimmy hadley you guys were amazing at the film festival thank you again for all your generosity with the show over the years and for allowing us once again to feature your music you guys are amazing yeah thanks so much that was great uh, of course and i still have 15 dollars of yours man i'm not <laughs> stealing your money give me an address where i can send this yeah you gotta you gotta do something about the pine box boys pocket steal from like lester t Roth. you're not allowed to wash those jeans until you pay the man or something like yeah. that. yeah uh, also, we'd like to thank Christian Larave and Stephen DiGennaro for uh, joining us here on the show. Of course, we also want to thank John Tuchillo Jr., Raynard Ali, and Brandon Bassam, uh, Troma, the folks from Feartown USA, for allowing us to play that feature. Uh, also, uh, Jay Jolly, Lil Dean, Mike, and Bannister from Wolf Cop for allowing us to play that feature. Uh, we're going to have a little musical surprise from the Wolf Cop folks here momentarily. Uh, of course, also, I want to thank once again our sponsors for this year's film festival. Mac and Jack's Brewery, Corner Comics, Scarecrow Video, Flying Saucer Pizza, Games and Gizmos, Dolcetta Artisan Suites, 
Paizo Publishing, Dark Horse Comics, Oni Press, Vortex Movies and Music. Dude, Vortex Movies and Music went above and beyond the Call of Duty this year. In each enormous package, there was a little white bag with a sticker on it. Inside, he stuck a random horror or comedy DVD, uh, coupons from Hi-Fi Brewing in Redmond for buy one beer, get one free, some gummy bears, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that was really sweet. Yeah, that is so nice. Did an amazing job. So thanks again to Vortex. Uh, of course, Charging Hippo Brewery, thank you to Kyle for allowing us to... Uh, once again, feature an exclusive beer at our Film Fest. Stalker Farms Field of Screams. GT Printing Equipment, who always keeps the motor running. And Jerry Cooch. Jerry Cooch! Uh, also, a couple of other unsung people that I would really like to thank. Uh, Robert Paul Nix Nixon, who was responsible for the art this year. Uh, we sold out of hoodies at the Film Fest. We've only got a few t-shirts left. We made amazing buttons, all with his artwork. Thank you so much to Nix for making that happen. Yeah, people really dug the art this year. And Lance Thingmaker from Creepy Cult, who did all of our printing this year. He printed our posters. He printed our programs. He printed our buttons. I mean, you know, Gord knows his way about printing. Lance did a hell of a job, didn't he? He did. I approve of his printed product. So if you need any print work done... For your business, get in touch with Lance at Creepy Cult. You can find him on Facebook or via Etsy. And, of course, we need to thank the Kickstarter backers, every single one of you, as well as every attendee who came to this year's Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Thank you. Thank you. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557, or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. Have new content on Bonehand.com all the time, including the heavy half hour on occasion. And you can find my stuff such as it is at MightyWombat.com. We've got a Facebook page. Steve and I do the Bonebat Show Facebook page. We do. I got a thing on Facebook, Mighty underscore Wombat. No, that's my Twitter handle, Mighty underscore Wombat on Twitter. I haven't Twittered in a long time. I've been Twittering a little bit, though. MightyWombat.com, all spelled out. We also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed, and I'm Bone Hand over there, if you want to hear the occasional musings. Also, could there possibly be anything else? No, there isn't. I need somebody to redesign my website, so (laughs) it's all going to change soon. Thanks again for listening, and if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our final tune tonight. Now, this is an awesome treat. The producers of Wolf Cop. You may have heard it at the end of the trailer, the Wolf Cop rap, and we are bringing it to you right here, right now, on the Bone Bat Show. Once again, thank you very much for listening. I am Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one, Julie. <laughs> Cop in the streets, half man, half wolf, pure beast.
patrol the town looking for trouble, man. Stuffing dead bodies in my duffel bag. Slice your face, rip the head off your body. Slam a cold boom, pump your body with your shoddy. Drinking human blood in the sacrifice. Welcome to the city, you want to see you in the afterlife. Team Wolf, just a man with a taste for blood. Watch the barrel start smoking when you trip on mud. Till you met me, you know what trouble was. Till I filled your jean jacket with a couple slugs. A curse, with this curse, I'm a monster. Pissing on fire hydrants, foaming at the choppers. A hairy menace with a badge and a gun. Don't bother trying to hide, cause there's nowhere you can run from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Oh damn, Mr. Wolfie got a plan. Forget Frankenstein, more like the son of Sam. Soon as that full moon hits, there's no turning back. Everything turns to black, you can kiss my hairy ass. Ah, how you like it? I've got you now, don't bother trying to fight it. Welcome to my hell, you've all been invited. Once you've been bitten, there's no way you can hide it. Forget wizards and witches, I'll leave you with stitches. Just for a speedy ticket, I'm hit with a sickness. There's no antidote, I'm alone on this highway. Drifting in the dark, just sparking a new crime wave. So go pray to the priest and drink your holy water. Grab your guns, lock the doors, hide your daughters. You think you got me surrounded? You better get your piece and bullet. And better have a silver bullet. Cause I'm the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. I like killing you. The, the more disgusting, horrific ways, the better. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, that had to hurt.